It's the Producer Nick Podcast, brought to you by Avatar Desk. It's digital marketing made easy. Go to avatardesk.com to learn more. Here's your host, Nick Sharara. Episode number eight of the Producer Nick Podcast here, brought to you by Avatar Desk, A-V-A-T-A-R desk.com. Avatar Desk.com, a digital marketing uh, company that can take your website or online marketing needs to another level. Put in the promo code Nick99 and holler at Avatar Desk. We welcome in on the hotline Adam Rank of NFL Network, who is always very uh, kind with his time, does a number of things, very fun to talk to. But I welcome him in to initially talk about the Roger Goodell situation, man. It looks like they've uh, changed their tune on the celebration rules and he's, you know, he said he spoke with a number of people, uh, including former players and current players, and he's heard from the fans. Uh, I mean, why did they make this move to begin with, Adam? Wasn't it just a dumb rule to begin with? Wow, already just swinging away. Yeah. Right, said, right off the bat, we're not going to have any platitudes. I'm not going to be able to make a little joke about how your, your, your podcast is sponsored, which is very impressive. Um but no, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head in that it was kind of a dumb rule. And I think, um, you know, the commissioner, unfortunately, gets a lot of uh, a, kind of a bad rap for not being a fun guy or whatever. And, you know, he's in a tough position. You know, there's a lot of different owners who have different feelings on things like end zone celebration. And you realize there's 32 owners and all of them have their own voice of like what what is cool and not cool in the league. And so... I think that they, what it came down to was the league just, you know, doing some due diligence and just checking it out and, and trying to not necessarily crowdsource, but at least, you know, not be tone deaf, you know, just kind of just listening to what people think. And I, I think that over the majority of people are not offended by end zone celebrations. I, I, I think it's good for the game. I think it's good for exuberance. I think it's, you know, you don't want to ever less legislate fun out of the game. So I think this was a situation where the league just realized the mistake and was like, yeah, we should probably do the right thing and get rid of that. And, you know, and I, and again, too, and, and the thing that's always funny to me is uh, we've all played sports and, you know, you know how people are and, and things like that. And it's like, look, I personally, uh, well, I never really got into the end zone much, so it really wasn't for me to say, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't a big end zone celebration guy, you know. I was more of a flip the ball to the uh, to the to the referee, unless somebody was really pissing me off, and then I would be like, "All right, then I might showboat a little." And so you can still do that as well. So I don't think that it, there's anything wrong with it. I kind of like, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders uh, were the two best running backs in the game, and you would get Emmett like pulling his helmet off, and you're like, "That's cool." And then Barry Sanders flipping the ball to the referee, and you're like, that's also cool. So I enjoy it all. So uh, I just want to see some individuality, and uh, I think it's I think it's cool. You know, I think let let them celebrate. I do like the key and peel reference uh, that Roger Goodell made. What did you think of that? The commissioner's got jokes. I like yeah. it. You know, um, I think it was cool. You know, again, you know, this is a it was an opportunity for the commissioner to show his his personality a little bit. And I, you know, and it's, you know, I'm, I know most people don't believe it, but like, I've actually, you know, had some, some interactions with him and not just necessarily from the park Avenue address, but like being at Super Bowls, and, you know, I'm an actual league employee, so I can go to the post party and I've run into him. And like one time we were at a, uh, wasn't a Dave and Buster's 
But it's it's one of those type of things that has bowling in it. Uh, lucky strike, maybe. I don't I don't know. All your potential sponsors, possibly, but whatever. Um, but no, he was like hanging out, and like they had a they had a golf simulation thing, and just sitting there, we're like, we're just hitting the ball with the commissioner right now. And I was about to say something probably stupid, but somebody pulled him away because he's a busy man, so it probably saved me. It's probably why I still have a job because I was probably going to ask something dumb because I've been drinking, so who knows. But it was probably about end zone celebration, to be honest. No, 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 it wasn't. It was the booze at the draft. Um, but, oh, and that, you know, that was another cool thing, too. When you, when you talk about some of the changes, you know, and I think um, we saw it this year with Drew Pearson really firing up the Philadelphia crowd. Uh, I think it was a story, I, it might have been Monday Morning Quarterback who had it, who talked about how, you know, Drew Pearson was worried, like, what should I do if they boo me? And Roger was kind of like, hey, embrace it, you know, like, go out there and have some fun. Actually, I think it was Mike Freeman. It might have been Bleacher Report who had it. But, uh, and the commissioner was like, go out and have some fun. And I think we've seen uh, ever since Chicago that when he goes out there and gets booed, that he's going to uh, just have a little fun with it, just ask, you know, kind of encourage it. And I had always told, like, PR staffers here, I said, one of the rules of comedy or anything like that, or, or like professional wrestling, is like, don't step on your heat, you know, whether it's people cheering or booing, like, the reaction's the same. Like, I always have a thing, like, groans or laughs. Like, whatever it is, don't step on that. Let it kind of play out. Let the fans, you know, show that they're interacting with you uh, and engaging with you. And I think it's a good thing, whether it's the boos or the cheers. The worst is just to have silence and everybody, like, not care who you are. Because I get that a lot. I get the, who are you? And deathly silent. And so I think I would, I would, I would gravitate towards booze at this point in my life. Uh, yeah, interaction is really important. I don't, I don't see how you th- you could think that's a bad thing if you're the NFL commission, if you're the NFL. But we're speaking to Adam Rank here of the NFL Network and NFL.com. I'm based down here in Houston, so I kind of want to get to the Texans and the Dwayne Brown uh, situation, also Deshaun Watson, obviously. But uh, before I do that, uh, I did see out there on the uh, interweb about Big Ben and how, you know, there's quotes out there saying he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how close he was to retirement and whatnot. But I, what I thought was more interesting was the quote that was on the team's website. And it was, quote, I never commit to anybody more than one year. I think that's all we should always commit to with this, with this sport because if we look past this year, then we're cheating ourselves and we're cheating other people. His wife must love that quote. Like, yeah, I'm just committed for a year. Like, on January 1st, we'll get together. We'll decide if we're going to go forward. He might be on to something. What if, what if marriage was like that? What if there was, like, we, we, we did it like contracts. Like, all right, sweetheart, like, you're in a contract year. I don't know if, uh, you know, just to let you know, in, in case uh, there are any changes you wanted to make or whatever, I think it's kind of a genius idea. So Roethlisberger might be on to something. But ultimately... And uh, this has been backed up for me from uh, some of our some of our colleagues here who have interacted with Roethlisberger. But I had once made the remark that Roethlisberger was like the dude who you get a Facebook invite and he always hits maybe because he wants people to beg him to go. Like, hey, we're all uh, 
we're going to Vegas this weekend or whatever it is. You know, like, here's the thing. He's like, ah, oh, maybe. Like, because he wants everybody to be like, come on, dude. You got to be there. It wouldn't be the same. And at some point, I think the Steelers are going to be like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll find a quarterback. Like, we're, we're the Steelers. We've, we've had good quarterbacks for a long ass time and we're not going to need, we're not the Texans. No, no, that was cheap. Oh, but, um, no, you but, did. Um, <laughs> But no, but they're going to do it. Like, at some point, you're like, all right, bro, we get it. Like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I hate that person. Like, there's people um, who are in, like, fantasy leagues or anything or, like, guys that you want to get to go on a road trip to San Diego. Or for you, it would be, like, what, South Padre Island or something? I don't know. Galveston. Now, Galveston's too close. But, you know, but you know somebody. Like, when you're like, hey, you know, like, hey, do you want to go? Do you want to go to the, the uh, Astros game tonight? And he's like, I don't know. And you got to kind of convince him. At some point, you stop convincing that person, and you find somebody else who's down to always go. And uh, and Roethlisberger can keep playing this game of like beg me to come back before they're like, dude, we've got Le'Veon Bell and we've got Antonio Brown and Martin. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks who could make this work. So I don't know, I don't know if you want to keep doing this, but yeah, like at some point, it, it's going to end poorly as they all do. It'll be interesting to see how things turn out there in Pittsburgh with Big Ben. I'll tell you what I should have done as the uh, as the icebreaker, Adam. You probably, you probably, you may have seen this, you may have not, but, you know, NBA, the NBA Twitter account is pretty active right now considering it's in the NBA playoffs and Amy <laughs> Schumer attended a game. You're a stand-up comic. You've, you know, you'll take the stage from time to time. And the tweet, right. the tweet reads, Amy Schumer... <laughs> And a fan on NBA NBA on TNT hashtag NBA GIF, like how <laughs> disrespectful is that to not recognize it, Dave Chappelle? A, or, or is it a joke? Is it somebody playing a joke? Is it a super meta joke? Like, you think I'm, so? I'm look. I'm I'm so torn on this because um, I, I I don't know. I'm really torn because I think that it, it could have been because it's a hilarious joke if it is like it's. It's a pretty good one to do, like, because obviously Dave Chappelle is probably more famous than Amy. So I, I see, like, I, I could, if somebody wanted to try to sell me that it was a joke, like, I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I see the kids running around here who run our social accounts, and I look at them, and I started doing, like, I, I wanted to start, I should have said I wanted to. I've only done it to one, to one, to one young lady, and she knew who Chappelle was. She's like, nah, she's like, She's like, I wouldn't have done it as a joke, but maybe she's like, because I'm like, you guys know who Chappelle is. Because you're, you're like, oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm a little bit older. Like, Chappelle was huge when I was, you know, in college or a young adult and everything. So it's like, okay, so but I have this thing of, like, obviously I know who he is. But I'm like, oh, it's somebody who's just out of college, which a lot of these social media managers are. Like, do they know? Like, is it a thing? Like, do they, like, if somebody who's 22 or 25, like, are they are they huge Chappelle fans? This could have been, um, this could have been, you know, like oh, and a, and a fan, like, but but it, there would be no reason to call out that it was a fan unless you were trying to make a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you wouldn't like if it was just Amy, like if it wasn't Dave Chappelle, if it was just somebody else, and you were looking at that, and you would just be like, oh, it's Amy Schumer in the crowd. Like, you wouldn't put and a fan and a fan to me signals that it's a joke like the wording of that and if otherwise it would just be like amy schumer in the crowd amy schumer with the fan but it was a specific and a fan 
not multiple, not in the crowd, not the the wording of that leads me to believe that it was a, a joke about Dave Chappelle. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think the NBA is pretty hip. Most kids know what they're doing. So uh, I'm going to say it was a pretty funny joke, and I, I kind of applaud them for it. Wow. That's an interesting take because that Twitter just, you know, they went crazy over it. They killed the NBA. Well, I'd be interesting to, and, I, it'd be interesting to see what Dave thought about it. But it's funny, too, because that's the way the Internet is. It's like you can't be too subtle with the Internet, and that's one of the things that I always find uh, myself doing is uh, when you're trying – because I like to craft jokes on Twitter you know, and try to be a little bit more of a, right. a wise-ass. Right. And it's like sometimes you get caught because people are not going with they're – not, they're not understanding the joke with you. Like I made a joke – I think it was yesterday or it was on Tuesday uh, – May 23rd, we were 107, 107 days from the, super, from the Super Bowl 51 in Houston, 107 days to week one, and I made, oh, it's 107 days from Super Bowl 51, 107 days until Jets fans say, wait till next year. And people are like, well, is the Super Bowl in, in 100? I'm like, no, it's week one. They're like, oh, I get it now. So you're always running that risk, and it's like, God, it's like, Sometimes when you're doing jokes on the internet, you're like, okay, how would how would Jay Leno approach this in the most banal way possible that will reach the most people? Because that's usually not. I, I usually like to go subtle, and I would like to throw subtle shade at Dave Chappelle like that. So I would. So that's why I'm giving the NBA the benefit of the doubt. I think, and if they didn't, then they suck because that was a terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible thing to miss. Um, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna go I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Say it was hilarious. It was a nice nudge at Dave Chappelle, and um, I think the internet needs to calm the f down every once in a while. Yeah, they do. They do. They really do. They get pretty. Uh, I mean, I, I get we get it on tweets. Uh, you know, I you know I'm part of a show on ESPN 97.5. We get it on tweets and we get it heavy on the text lines too. And you know, we also have a stand-up comic in Barry Lamanek that I introduced you to on you know at, right. at Radio Row, and he he. You sound almost identical to the frustration that he expresses from time to time on our show. So I totally get it. I totally get it. You did the like Salisbury had a had a tweet the other day um, about like who would you jump in to save and what was it like if somebody got pulled into the ocean? What would you jump in to save? Your mother, your wife, your daughter, or like ten million dollars? And uh, I saw some people were like, "This is like again, people just can't have a sense of humor." And uh, get all butt hurt about it. Like yeah. this is a shit. Okay, now you're fine. Like it. Just don't put your daughter on the edge of a dock, and you'll probably be okay. Um, I voted on it. I voted daughter. Like I went. I went serious on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and like I told my wife that too. She's like, "What the? I'm like, <laughs> would you not? Like, would you not jump in for her? Like, of course you would. You lunatic." Um, but yeah, but people always take that stuff the wrong way and you're like, uh, we, why can't we just have fun? Like there's, there's plenty of stuff to get upset about. This is not, this is not where we need to be upset. All right. We're speaking to Adam Rank of the NFL network and NFL.com here on the producer Nick podcast brought to you by avatardesk.com. All right. We're based in Houston. Uh, I wanted to talk a little Texans with you. What are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and the move that the Texans made in the draft to get him? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, I, I think that 
when you look at the price of quarterbacks in the NFL, it's high. You know, it's like going, it's like going to the uh, to the airport. You know, if you sit down at the Rubies there at the, uh, the 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 Bush International Airport and realize that you're going to have to pay twelve bucks for a Bud Light that you would probably pay three fifty for anywhere else, and it's just kind of a, a supply and demand type of thing. And if you've identified a quarterback that you want to go after, then you know what you pay the you, you pay what it costs. You know you you can't complain about it. Like I. My wife and my daughter wanted passes to Disneyland. You're like, well, I can sit here and gripe about it and deal with it or else pay it and then realize over the long run, like, okay, it's probably worth the investment. And so I look at the Texans over the last couple of years, and the only thing that's really held them back is, has been the quarterback position. And they identified Deshaun Watson, who to me, I thought he was the, the most ready to go, the guy who could probably come in and start right away and be successful right away and, and do a lot of great things on the field. I, I think that one of the problems with, with Watson is that we saw way too much of them, which gives scouts and haters an opportunity to go out and just, you know, pick apart little things here and there. But the dude could deal. Like the guy like took that Clemson team to the title game, and then he took him back to the title game and won, beating Alabama, who had, like, I think 50 NFL-caliber players. Like, it was crazy. And and make no mistake, when you watch Clemson this year and they're not good, you'll be like, oh, yeah, like, maybe Deshaun Watson was pretty excellent as a college quarterback, and Dabo Sweeney might not be the greatest coach ever. Um, I mean, the same thing happened with uh, Mississippi State. Like, once Dak Prescott left, they weren't as good, and everybody's like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. Like, uh, the one good quarterback they were able to get is gone. And so the same thing's going to happen at Clemson this year. I think Deshaun Watson's going to be a, a great quarterback, and I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you and I'll let everybody know who, who has no idea who I am or don't, doesn't know my background. I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, and I was like, you know what? For, 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 for crying out loud, I don't know if I can work loose. So I won't cut. But for crying out loud, like, if you were going to draft a quarterback in the first round, why did you, why didn't you pick the guy who we know is a good quarterback, as opposed to the dude who started for a season, you know, and might be good, might he has a high ceiling. Like, yeah, at some point, I just want the better football player, and uh, so I think the the Texans did the best of everybody. I think that you, if you look at the price that the the Chiefs paid for to get Mahomes, they're like, good lord, like. Yeah, okay, you're you paid a lot, but you got a quarterback who is proven on the field. So I think that was a good move. I'm excited to see um what he's gonna be able to do. I'm excited for DeAndre Hopkins the most. I'm like, oh my god, that guy had like a funny thing, like like a lot of fantasy guys always do this when Josh Gordon had that monster year. You're like, Oh look, a quarterback doesn't matter as long I'm like that sometimes it does, because like Brock Osweiler could not throw the ball like he could not like hit a wide open player and i think that 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 that's not going to be a problem with deshaun watson and and i think that this tech i i really like i'm really excited about their offense because i I think the world of will fuller like he's a great prospect again who is you know he was hampered by the the quarterback play and uh the kid you got from like the former quarterback from uh braxton miller from uh, ohio state like he's really good too and lamar miller was a serviceable running back. I'm like, there's, 
And I'm a big C.J. Fedorowicz guy. I'm like, I think this is a really good offense. I think that the they got something cooking down there in Houston. So I'm excited to see what they're putting together and excited to see Watson get on the field. So real quick, you think they did the best of everybody in terms of quarterbacks or overall in the overall draft, like overall uh, compared to the other NBA, NFL teams? Well, I mean, I'll let the draft picks kind of break that. I really, you know, I'll be perfectly truthful with you. I focus a lot on the offense, you know, because I spend a okay. lot of time breaking down fantasy stuff. Cool. Um, I thought they did, but I, I thought they did well. In the, I mean, shit, we don't know. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, You're good. Excuse my language. Uh, don't I? I I think they did fine. I mean, like you look at. I mean, I I I really hate doing draft grades and like, hey, I think this guy is going to be. He's like, and a lot of it comes down to fit and scheme and all that stuff. And I thought they did a really good job of identity. You know, they identified the players that they're comfortable with. So I, there's nothing that they did where you're like, I can't believe they drafted that guy. They right. did. A, they did a pretty good job. They, you know, they they've moved a lot of picks, but you know, when you're a team like the Texans who has a lot of talent, who is very close to competing. Like, yeah, at some point, get rid of the picks and go get players that can help you or, or whatever you need to do. I, I was just writing something about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and looking back at the trade they made in 2002 when they brought in John Gruden. They gave up two firsts, two seconds. They gave up $8 million. And you're like, man, you know, at the time, you're like, that's a lot. But it, at the same, same point, you know, like, they got a Super Bowl out of it. So if this is the kind of move, that can get them to the Super Bowl, like, well, who cares about the price? Like, you're there. Like, you, it's like, you know, like if you paid money to go to the Super Bowl, I know a lot of people who do that, you know, and you're, at some point you're like, you know what, I can't, I can't put a cost on this experience. And similarly, if the, the Texas, if this is successful and they make a run and they go to the Super Bowl, you'll be like, who cares if we gave up these first round picks? Like, right. I want to experience winning right now. So, I think they did a really good job, and I think that uh, they're they're headed in the. I hate to say it, so stupid, like they're heading in the right direction, but <laughs> literally they are heading in the right direction. All right, well, uh, two more questions. Uh, one more Texans question: Dwayne Brown, uh, he signed a six-year deal back in 2012, a 53.4 million dollar deal. I believe he has somewhere in the ballpark of like 19 million dollars left on his contract, none of which is guaranteed. Uh, I'll note this, the OTAs are voluntary. Few teams get 100% participation. But he decides not to show up uh, to OTAs, not happy with his contract. I mean, isn't this a bit surprising? I mean, how big of a deal is this? This is probably going to blow over, I imagine. Uh, What's your perspective on that? It's all a part of the dance. You know, it's just one of those, you know, that's the way these contract things go. I saw... um, not R. Not R. Kelly, but the other. I think it's Matt Jones is going to miss. Is going to miss OTAs for the Redskins because they're like, okay, whatever. Like you're lucky to be in the league, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but it's all part of the dance. The, the only thing though that I think is different now um, from let's say five years ago is that there was a lot more practice time and there was a there was a lot more practice time and a lot more, you know, opportunities to go back and get out on the field. But now they've kind of legislated practice out of a game that you, you, you kind of don't want these guys to miss time. But, but the, the good news is, is that he's a veteran player. He knows what he's doing. Like he's, you, you don't have a first year head coach. It's not like you're, you're running something new. So at, at the end of the day, you know, God, why am I using these dumb cliches? Um, but <laughs> But but ultimately, 
Is that different enough? Ultimately, uh, ultimately, uh, he knows what he's doing. And you know what? He's not going to be out there getting hurt. That's, that's, that's the jaded fan in me at some point. You're like, all right, like, hey, if you're not going to show up to practice, fine. Just be in shape. Don't get hurt. Like, whatever. Like, I don't want to, I don't want you out there risking anything. So I, again, this is, I'm sure it's big news. And I know that everybody in town probably wants to talk about it, which I don't know why, because you have the best team in baseball. You should be talking about that. That little twerp Altuve. Um, <laughs> I'm an Angels fan, by the way. If anybody I know you are. Know that. I know um, you are. I'm telling your listeners, I'm an Angels fan. So, uh, so I think it's going to be like week one when you guys are. I, I don't even know who you're playing week one. I'm sorry. It should have been more. Uh, who is it? Tennessee or whoever. Um, you'll be crushing it week one, and nobody will care that this guy missed OTAs, but it's something fun to talk about right now. All right. Cool. Uh, one last thing. Uh, they're playing the Jaguars, but uh, one last oh, thing. Oh, you guys are going to lose that one. <laughs> Damn, Jags are good. What? Don't laugh. How dare you besmirch my friends down in Duval County, Florida? It seems That's like a nice deal. we've been talking about the Jaguars making making some rain, make, making some you know noise for how many seasons now? Yeah, but they have a new coach, and it's a new system. And well, I guess Doug Marone was there for the last two games. The one thing, the sneaky, the sneaky great thing that they did was getting Tom Coughlin. Like they really did need to kind of get their s together and kind of, uh, you know, shore some things up. And they have a nice. I'll be honest with you though, that AFC South is going to be ridiculous this season. And I, I think there's a good chance, as crazy as it seems, that the Colts end up as the last place team. I think Jacksonville's good. I think Tennessee's going to be a player. And obviously I've been talking up Houston for the last 10, 15 minutes. And so I see three teams that'll be playing for, you know, the playoffs and everything like that. I'm concerned, not concerned. What do I care? Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if like one of those teams, like if they're going to knock each other off, like if it's going to be one of those, those leagues where, you know, there's, Two ten and six teams, a nine and seven, and the Colts just continue to struggle because they got because they still have a lot of holes, man. And uh, so I think it's going to be a fun division. So don't look at that Jags in Week One and just be like, "Yep, one and zero." I'll tell you right now, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough game. And uh, and if you guys blow them out, I'll come back and I'll let you. I'll let your somehow we'll figure out a way for all your listeners and fans to come back and rake me over the coals for it. But I'm pretty confident. But that's going to be a good game. I'm not going to go out so far as to say the Jags win. But they're going to be better. It's not necessarily an automatic win. So everybody calm down. I'll do my homework on the Jags. I like, what, I like your take on the Colts, so we'll take it. But one, one last thing. Uh, the Bengals, they draft Joe Mixon, probably the uh, most controversial guy of the draft. But a guy, uh, I mean, you consider the situation with Jeremy Hill, I guess. What's the right word? He wasn't impactful the past season or two Wasn't playing well and then Giovanni Bernard I guess has a ACL situation uh I mean yeah how, how easily are they gonna have to or you know look past his history uh because of their running back situation well you you're done you're pot committed now you're in I mean you drafted Joe Mixon you you can't walk away from that so what you have to do is go forward, and he's going to be your number one running back. I think talent-wise, he's going to be the best player that they can put on the field. He does everything that Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard does, and he does it better. 
because he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield, as well as a bulldozer just coming out, you know, as as a runner. And, and if he if he didn't have if he you know if he didn't punch a woman and have it caught on videotape, there's a good chance he would have been the first running back selected in the draft because he has that kind of talent. But the Bengals, it, they made their decision, and so you can't back away from it now. It's like yep, it's it's you're out there. And the worst thing, though, is what Marvin Lewis really needs to learn is don't comment on excessive celebration when you drafted Joe Mixon or you had Vontez Perfect and Adam Jones and all these. Like, who are you? Like, you're what? Like, you're yeah. That's that's a bad example for the kids. That's like if if Quentin Tarantino was getting on some director for making movies that were too violent. Like, who are you to talk, bro? Like you. You are the one who's out of bounds. So they made their they made their decision, and now you just got to do it. Just make the best football decision for them because you can't you can't uncork that one. So he's going to be their starting running back. He'll probably end up being the top. I don't know. I really like Christian McCaffrey, but Joe Mixon's going to have an excellent season because he's a he's a good football player. There you have it, Adam Rank. At Adam Rank on Twitter, NFL Network, NFL.com. I kept you a really long time. I told you 20 minutes, but I really you, appreciate you your time. Me. Like, dude, I wouldn't shut up. That's the <laughs> thing. It's like, I get on this, and then I won't stop. I could have I could have given less than 30 minutes to each answer, but that's not my way. Like, well, I, but when you, when you called my boy Altuve a twerp, I figured I'd shatter your schedule. You're like, well, this is over. This has become hostile. Did you not like the Tarantino analogy? Was that wrong? Should I work on that one? No, no, it was cool. It was cool. No, I don't know. I guess I, I didn't. I, I heard nothing. It's, it's kind of dead air. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll keep working. I'm, I'm still workshopping that one. No, it, was... it does offend me. Oh no, I, I completely get it. You remind me so much of Barry in that regard because I've done that too. Like I, I'd, I'd be behind the scenes. And I'm not saying this happened on the podcast. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't necessarily be paying attention to everything that he's saying. And he'd be like, well, you didn't say anything. And I'm like, I know I didn't say anything. I, you know, I just didn't. I got 30 ha- things I got to do. Yeah, now. yeah. And then he would just, he's like, no, you didn't think it was funny. And then I would say, no, I really, I, I admit, I, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. And then he would just go off on me for not paying attention. It's funny. Like, we'll go back and forth, it and happened. it's pretty. Yeah, it happens. But, yeah, I mean, that's such a hard craft, man. I mean, working on the delivery, making sure you have good content. Because there's, like, easy comedy, and then there's that in-depth. I mean, we could have a long conversation about comedy, but uh, I've had plenty of it with Barry. I always think it's fascinating, which I'll do. But, um, yeah, I really appreciate the podcast, man. I really, pre- really appreciate the appearance. Anything big on NFL Network that you got coming up? Uh, not for a while, you know. Oh, I actually, I will have a, uh, a pretty cool series, though. I'll have a series coming out on NFL.com, uh, why you should root for, and I'm going to go through 32, all 32 teams, uh, give a little bit of brief history and, uh, and then a little bit of, uh, why you should be a fan. Cause I know that there's a lot of people who each and every year are new to the game. Like this, this might not be for everybody who's already a fan of a team who knows everything about every team. Um, but you know what, if you're new to the game, like I'm reaching out to those people and being like, Hey, this is a, this is a brief history of the, the Panthers and here's Sam Mills and here's Steph Curry keep pounding, you know, and we'll go through and talk to some celebrities and get their takes on it. So 
it'll be fun. It'll keep me busy. They'll probably get me on NFL Network talking about it. So keep an eye out for me doing that. And then uh, fantasy is right around the corner. And if you're looking for fantasy advice, the uh, NFL Fantasy Life podcast comes out once a week until the season starts, and we'll ramp it up to a couple of days a week. So we have all that stuff uh, coming up. And then, uh, you know what, if you're in Houston, I'll probably be on your radio stations in the near future. So keep an ear out for me. Adam Rank, NFL Network, NFL.com. Thank you so much, man. Nick, thank you so much. Good luck on the podcast. I'm going to go back and listen to the first seven episodes and see what's going on.